0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to It Came From Disney+. Plus, and welcome to our countdown to our final episode of the season. Now we are already four episodes left after this one, which is quite disappointing. But I promise you, um, the show might resume sometime in December with the Santa Claus and, like, you know, those kinds of movies. Maybe Good Luck, Charlie. Um, It's Christmas really want to cover that. That's a really weird one. But today we are doing something a little different. We are covering Jungle Cruise. Now, this isn't uh, the normal format of our show. This is a more so of a appreciation of this movie. Now, Disney's done attraction movies before. Tower of Terror, Haunted Mansion, Mission to Mars. And none of them have been that good except for Tower of Terror. Because Tower of Terror is actually pretty good. And I might break the rules and cover it eventually on this podcast because that would be fun but um disney has tried to turn their attractions into movies before and most times it hasn't turn out good the one time it turned out good in the past few years has been the pirates of the caribbean films and those films um didn't directly just try to be the ride it wasn't like here's the ride like haunted mansion is and like um Tower of Terror is, which was filmed directly inside the attraction at some points. That is like literally an attraction movie. It was filmed in the ride. I don't remember which one. It was probably the Disney World version because the California version did not exist. Just realize that. But Disney's previously attempts at turning their rides into movies have not been very good. Now, like I mean, previously mentioned, Pirates of the Caribbean, Tomorrowland, um, this, and there's Haunted Mansion kind of falls in between. They just haven't been very good. Now, whatever format they followed for Jungle Cruise, they need to follow it for Haunted Mansion and whatever attraction movie they do next. The movie had its references and callbacks to the ride, and especially the whole opening segment, which i will get to in the spoiler segment. But... The Rock is just phenomenal as a skipper. And I would pay good money for him to actually skipper a Jungle Cruise tour on the ride. Because I feel like he would do such a great job. And that would actually make Disney a lot of money. I don't know why they didn't do that to promote the film. He probably wasn't doing anything. He probably was doing stuff. What am I talking about? But this movie is just so like... I guess it's just a combination of Romancing the Stone, Indiana Jones, um, The Mummy. I guess it's more The Mummy meets Indiana Jones because the humor's more aligned with Mummy than that movie, romancing Stone. But it, it does feel a lot like a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. If you told me this used to be a Pirates of the Caribbean movie and they midway through production, they changed this to a Jungle Cruise movie, I wanna be surprised. I would probably believe you because the fantasy elements of this movie really do feel like a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and that's not a problem. That actually is one of the reasons why I think this movie is done so well, is because they went with that Pirates of the Caribbean vibe. And I think that was the best way to do it. Now, I originally was very worried about this movie, because Jungle Cruise itself, the attraction, the ride, it doesn't have a set story. It it has scenes, but it doesn't have, like... Something like the haunted mansion, where a story plays out as you go through the ride. It's just a, it's just like a river cruise with animals, and there isn't like show scenes with characters or anything like that. And it's kind of like its own thing. The story can be different each time you ride it, depending on the skipper. Now with the recent changes, which I'm perfectly fine with, now that the movie's out, it does have a set story, and you can kind of like tell. This movie was gonna is setting up something like the a universe, I guess, of Disney attraction movies. Because I think we might get a Mystic Manor movie, and I'll talk about that at the end of this episode. But even the slight mention of a Society of Explorers and Adventurers in this movie means that Disney wants to expand on this um, kind of just. The regional parks have kind of just kept the story. The, the, the U.S. parks only recently really started to dwell back into the Society of Explorers and Adventures because it started at Pleasure Island with the um, Adventurers Club. And it wasn't really the Society of Explorers and Adventurers then, but it was the inklings of the start. And I think it really started with maybe Disney Sea and like it rolled out from there that disney wanted to do this connected story with all the attractions and i think what we're going to see probably is more movies with the society of explorers and adventures featured and we're going to kind of get like a an intertwined universe with jungle cruise and maybe a few other things now definitely not haunted mansion or anything like that that's excluded but i think we might get like a The Tower of Terror movie might mention Society of Explorers and Adventurers because um, they may mention Hotel Hightower or something like that, and that would be enough to make that movie connected to that, because that means that exists in this Disney attraction universe. But I feel that if Disney does that, they need to do it with caution like they did with Jungle Cruise. Now, overall, this movie is really funny and really, like, charming. It's a very, like... It doesn't take itself seriously, like The Mummy, and I think that's the, which is probably the best way to do it. The Jungle Cruise movie, because not even the attraction takes itself seriously. So it was expected for them to do the movie this way, and they do it pretty well. And, honestly, I feel like The Rock is the only person who could pull off... This character. The Rock is a phenomenal actor. And Emily Blunt's phenomenalness as well. And all the other actors are just phenomenal. Except for the bad guy, but I'll get to that. I had some problems with his characters, very Indiana Jones, like almost too Indiana Jones esque that it bothered me slightly. But we'll get to that in the spoiler segment in, in like just a few moments here. But overall I just wanna say Go watch this movie, pay the $30, or go see it in the theater if you feel safe enough. It is an experience that you, like, need to, like, sitting down and watching this movie, like, at home wasn't really, like, I feel like experiencing this th- in the theater would be a lot more fun than seeing at home and watching it but anyway we're gonna get in, go ahead and delve into the spoiler segment because i really want to talk about some parts of this movie and how much i geeked out at certain spots so um yeah let's dive into the spoiler segment after this noise thing depending on what i put in here <laughs> say the least most of this movie is good like a lot of the jokes including like backside of water the fake hippos the plans native attack all that is in this movie's first 10 minutes they get a lot of the the oh this is the ride this is like the ride stuff right out of the way immediately and that's perfectly fine i love it it's um where they they really like just want to get it done because they knew that was the problem with on a mansion movie. It was constantly like, here's the ride. It's like the ride, but John Cruise gets out of the way and the rock takes it so seriously. And it's so funny. Like the, the it's the, within the first like 20, 30 minutes that we get a lot of the attraction references out of the way. And then the movie kind of rolls into that pirates of the Caribbean and, you know, Jones kind of film, like I previously mentioned before, but, um, You see, like the first five minutes in the movie is like this opening prologue with like the amount of people that tried to find this tree with healing powers, and they constantly betrayed like the natives who tried to help them use it, because they like the conquistadors had gotten like sick, and the natives like helped them with the uh the leaf, and they just ended up massacring them, which is pretty historically accurate. I gotta commend Disney on going for the dark route, and. I'll get back to those Conquerysidors later in this segment, because they turn into like these cool like zombie things, but we'll get to that in a minute. Because we'll talk about the character design for those later. But a lot of this movie, um, this opening segment, just really quick prologue, and then we immediately get to see The Rock doing his uh, Jungle Cruise, literally. Um, his company is literally called the River Navigation Company, or the Jungle Navigation Company. It's one of those two. And um, Frank, who's played by Dylan Johnson, as I previously mentioned, immediately starts off with the back set of water joke and the uh, you're in denial and all that. Over there you can see a rock, don't take it for granted, stuff like that. They immediately just start off with the jokes from the ride. And these jokes are still so funny after riding the ride like 60 times. I don't know how many times I've been on the Jungle Cruise at this point, but these jokes, hearing them come from Dwayne Johnson, like, he's a very serious, like... You would think he's a very serious, like, built-up... He's a very serious, built-up man. He gives that vibe. But hearing him tell these corny jokes (laughs) makes him even more funny than they are on the ride. No diss to the skippers on the ride. Dwayne Johnson gives so much, like... He really knows how to do, like, the Jungle Cruise Skipper, I guess, is the best way to say that. He really knows what he's doing. He really knows, like, that it's supposed to be silly, it's supposed to be corny, it's not supposed to be taken seriously. And I think that's the best way to approach that role. And he does it phenomenally. The the contraptions he set up along the river... To go back and reset those—that's <laughs> my question. But like he has the fake hippos and like he has the natives that he's hired to throw spears at them, and um, it—it's really funny because there's an unexpected twist on this joke later in the movie, which we'll get to, and it—it kind of comes back and I in the funniest way possible, and I wasn't expecting it, and that, yeah, it's that's where it comes like a mummy, and I'll talk about that. How many times am I going to say that in this episode? But then um, we cut to Emily Glenn's character in London at the meeting for the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And this is one part I really feel that Disney was trying, or the director, sorry, the director was trying to go for historical accuracy. Now, I believe this movie takes place in the... Hang on, let me check this. 1916. So the movie takes place in 1916. Um, so women aren't really allowed to be part of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. So they mock Emily Blunt's character because her brother, I believe, um, really speaks for her for the society because she can't, and they just keep laughing and mocking that she wants to join. And he wants the expedition to be funded to go out into the Amazon and find this tree. But of course, they all think it's like a bedtime story and like that it's a myth and that um, it's not real. And you know, it's a stereotypical, like, ho oh, oh, ho oh, ho, that's not real until they find it or until people start dying, you know? And then we get this really great action sequence, which we saw in the preview, um, the trailer. I mean, where Emily Blunt breaks into this uh, storage area. And I was expecting a ton of references in here. I was expecting the eye of the, something with Mara and something with like the Tiki Room and something like a ton of references to that. But surprisingly, there's not. The only like other Parks reference we get in this segment is um, saying that she's related or knows Dr. Albert Falls, which... Schweitzer Falls is named after... A.K.A. the Backside of water, Waterfall on the attraction... Which really makes us die in the water... And you know... If you're listening to this... You already know that... Um, and I feel like that... I was like... Oh... They just said that... And I was realizing... I was connecting the dots... That it was the Society of Explorers and Adventures... And that... Maybe in that room... Was... Hightower... Um, the guy who runs Mystic Manor, all those people, and if they really want to retcon something, I guess they can make Captain Nemo a part of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Since there was a Twenty Thousand Leagues attraction in the parks, there still is in Paris. If they technically want to redeem it. They can. I do believe the one in Tokyo Disney Sea is part of Sea, but I'm not too sure. Um, someone can confirm that to me on Twitter or whatever. But, anyway, I'll talk about what I think they can do at the end. of this episode, I'm going to go on a tangent. But, um, Emily Blunt's character, like, just absolutely knocks these guys out. And she just <laughs> leaves after she gets the spear head. Which apparently can lead them to the tree, or at least I aid them in going to the, um, tree. So, basically... Um, this Nazi guy shows up, and it's World War One, so this makes thematic sense. This guy, um, he's apparently a phenomenal actor, but just the way he plays this character, it's very Indiana Jones-like, and I get that's what they were going for, but it's just me, it just slightly bothers me. Like, it feels too much Indiana Jonesy. And it's like trying to not be its own thing. And a lot of this movie is a mixture between a couple movies, like I said before. But this just feels like a direct ripoff. But anyway, Emily Blunt's character uh, escapes out the window through a ladder, which you could see in the trailer. And she lands on this bus. And then it cuts to them back at their hotel room. And we're introduced to her brother, which is actually the first LGBT character um, that I know of that's been featured throughout the movie. It's not just one quick scene. It's very obvious throughout the movie and there's one specific scene that is written quite well, in my opinion. Um, people can correct me if I'm wrong, if people don't like this. You know, but I was—I thought this was well done. Of course, Disney's going to probably cut it out for the censors in China. But, you know, they are they're doing what they can and I feel like this is Disney's, like, good step in the right direction as with with Luca, which was very subtly gay, but it is there. And that's perfectly fine. Anywho, um so basically uh they head to the island all on their they head to where the tree is all on their own and they're trying to find a skipper. So this is when the we cut back to the rock. Who is getting his engine stolen out of his boat by like the big head honcho guy of like the area, I guess, and he wants the Rock's boat. So he's basically trying to slam him without any money, without any engine, so he can just steal his boat and have no competition. So basically, um, the following scene is the Rock just like sneaking into the restaurant where his office is above. And he's trying to um, basically get his boat engine back. And um, we get a very hilarious scene where The Rock and Emily Blunt um, have this conversation where Emily Blunt is... is The Rock is playing as the head honcho guy, which he's really not. Because he's in his office, of course. And Emily Blunt tries to break in and he just opens the door and he's like, Oh, you have money because he wants the money to get his engine back, of course. And he, um, there's this really funny exchange between them. And then Emily Blunt just opens the safe and it's like, here you go. This is what you wanted. Right. And he's like, yeah. And then she brings him down for drinks. And then the actual guy shows up and she's like, you're not him. And then the right before the, whatchamacallit shows up, uh, the uh the leopard, I think. Um we get this scene where they they like are about to fight and then the leopard shows up and starts scaring everybody. Like everyone is genuinely frightened that this leopard's here. And like the big boss guy cowers in fear and then the rock beats everyone up. Or he he takes down the leopard. And then they they uh, this chase scene happens with um very funny dialogue. Emily Blunt and The Rock together are fantastic. I don't know if I said that before, but their uh their little uh, moments with each other are very very funny, and they're so well done. And I genuinely appreciate these actors um bond together, and it really makes these characters feel believable as um real people. Now. They eventually um, decide that they are going to go with The Rock after this chase scene. Um, you saw this also in the preview. Um, Emily Blunt gets up on the roof and like falls through, and this was done by herself. She does her own stunts, which is absolutely insane. Um, she, of course, she was on wires and stuff, like obviously, but she did this herself. It's not a stunt actor, and I mean The Rock does his own stunts, I think. So. Um, it it makes it feel more believable because sometimes you can tell when a stunt actor is replacing an actor but Emily Blunt doing her own stunts makes this feel more believable anyway um they go with the rock and they go off to go find the tree and they um they first uh as they're leaving the german guy comes back because he wants what Emily Blunt has, of course, in true Renate Jones fashion. And he has a submarine. And this scene is really funny because um, the interaction between him, he's just like... He just says hi to them and then just starts shooting at them. And um, we get this very fun scene where The Rock, like, gets his boat to go fast. And um, he... Like crashes through this building as this torpedo just absolutely destroys the whole building. And then, um because of all the debris, the submarine's anchor gets hooked and it crashes into the guys' boats. I knew this was gonna happen because they kept saying the boats there's prize possession. I knew they were gonna get destroyed in some way, shape, or form. It was obvious, but they do it so well. It's f- probably one of the funniest scenes in the movie. So anyway, The Rock and Emily are dig around the river. And we get this fun scene with the rapids. And, like, um... And the CGI in this movie is quite good. There's some parts where it looks a little wonky, especially with the le- leopard. But, um... It, for the most part, holds up pretty well throughout the entire movie. I'm talking like this is an old movie. <laughs> but the CGI is actually pretty good. Especially the water. Um, because they do these really cool scenes where they pan out from the ship and it turns into a map to go to a different scene with the German guy. And I think that has done so well. It feels exactly like traveling by map. They do traveling by map, which I'll do, talk about in just a few minutes. But this is like a, a twist on the Indiana Jones traveling by map, and I really like it, honestly. Um, so basically, they don't go off... They go down this river and... Because Emily Blunt insists it's the better way. And The Rock tells her that if we go that way, they might die. But she insists. And then they go on the rapids. And... Um, they basically... Uh, are able to get turned around... And head on their proper way... Towards the tree. And of course... um the Rock deceives them again. By faking... Well, the natives attack their boat. Once they... Um, get there. They get to like the area with the waterfalls. And stuff. And... Um, the natives attack their boat. Right when they get the whole place drained. Because the Rock was trying to get more money out of them. And he... Basically, um, this is where we're introduced to Trader Sam, if I remember correctly. Um, Trader Sam was actually the bartender earlier, but this time Trader Sam is a she. And I think this is the best way to retcon this character. Now, if you don't already know, the character has a troubling history in the parks. It's a caricature. It is indeed racist. It's indeed outdated, and they updated it. But what I think Disney's going to do from here on out is make Trader Sam this legend. They don't know if she's female, if if she's like she or if he's like he. He's like he or she is like this mysterious character. And this is just a different version of Trader Sam. There still is the original version of Trader Sam, of course, from the attraction. But there's also this female version. So... Basically, the bartenders at Trader Sams at the, at the oh, contemporary at the Polynesian or at Disneyland can tell whichever version they feel most comfortable with. And I feel like that's why Disney did this and didn't directly retcon the ride being female because people would have complained about that more because you know Disney fans are misogynistic, not all of them, but some of them are. They would complain about this. They're already complaining about Peggy Carter and what if, So who knows? what they would do if they actually retconned this character as female in the attraction. They would probably go insane. But I actually genuinely like this different telling of the character. She's exactly the same Tricky Trader Sam. But it's just that she wears the hat and everything. It Like, they do it and they're like, see, see, it's like the ride. She wears like a similar outfit and everything. And this whole scene with the natives where Emily Blunt threatens to fight them and then they just start laughing. And the rocks just like, great, you ruin everything, and she's gets really mad at him. But eventually, they you know make up because they're getting attacked. Like you know, you don't hate somebody because you might die. In serious situations, and this is the scene where the rock dies, quote unquote. He gets hit in the head, hit by the arrow trying to get the uh, the the hide for Emily Blunt, and it's this really like um. It's kind of actually, like, brutal. Like, he falls and he, like, hits multiple branches and just hits the water. And at first I was like, they actually did it. They killed the rock midway through to give Emily Blunt a stronger lead role. I think that would have been a better twist than what they do. The twist isn't bad, which i will get to just, like, a few minutes. The twist they have is not bad by any means, like, at all. It is a perfectly fine twist. But just cutting from this scene immediately, like, just rushing through this native camp scene, I feel like we could add more shenanigans with Trader Sam. Yeah, the movie is already pretty long, but if they were taken out the fl- constant flashbacks, I think we could have had more with the sh- new version of the Trader Sam character because I really do like this interpretation of the character. Anyway, The Rock like dies, Emily Blunt freaks out, and she runs off into the woods. Because Trader Sam, like, they, they escape. Emily Blunt escapes with Trader Sam, of course, and then she, they're riding, and all of a sudden they're on. No, sorry. Sorry. No, Emily Blunt goes off on her own, and Trader Sam escapes with her brother. And then he's. There we, Emily Blunt goes off into the woods, and she gets far enough to run away from the river because the Conquistadors, which I haven't talked about yet, surprisingly, just realized that the Conquistadors aren't dead. So the German guy. Um, before or after the scene, I don't remember which one it is, he goes and revives these conquistadors with the river water because the curse is that they can't stray far from the river, but they only can live if they're near the river. So basically brings river water and is able to bring them to life to get them out of this hole that the rock trapped them in. Now, the rock is actually very old. He's actually one of the conquistadors who was cursed to stay there, but since he did good, he's allowed to relatively do whatever he wants, so he's not one of, like, these gross creatures. There's, like, a bee guy, there's a snake guy, and there's, like, a a skeleton guy, I think. And these character designs are very similar to Pirates of the Caribbean, especially the last movie with the ghost pirates and, like, the shark pirates and all that. It's it's very Pirates of the Caribbean-y, but, honestly, I think that's perfectly fine, because that's the vibe this movie's going for, and, like, it's perfectly fine for the movie to do that. And um, the character designs, like I said, is great. Like the bee guys is really cool. They each have their own special abilities and they use them throughout the movie, especially in that village fight scene, which I'll talk about now since I skipped over it stupidly. Um, they use the snakes to like attack people and they can control vines and branches and stuff. So they aren't direct ripoffs of like Pirates of the Caribbean characters, but they f- do feel very similar so basically they're getting chased down with the conquistadors and um emily Blanket's gets far enough from the river and as i further explained they cannot leave the river's like banks i guess so they get dragged back into the river and the funniest little detail i put in is when they get dragged away you can hear the splash of them coming in the water and i was like okay like they didn't have to put that there nobody else would notice that but i just thought it was a nice little t- detail Anyway, um, we cut back to Trader Sam and Emily Blunt's character's brother, and they're just going down the river trying to find where she, um, where she is. And eventually Trader Sam swims off and, um, wait. No, sorry, I just did that entirely out of order. I just realized that. So basically, um, the Germans capture her brother after they find the rock. The rock isn't dead yet, and um, they find him. He explains that he's really old, and that he uh, he's been around for a quite long time. And this entire time, he just has a sword sticking out of him. He's like he like, doesn't care. He doesn't can't die because he's immortal, of course. And um, we get this very funny scene where Emily Blunt is trying to pull the sword out, and what she does, her brother faints, and it's it's really funny. I think it's it's not that funny, but it is it is a well done scene. And Trader Sam's like, put your foot on it. There, there's good exchanges between the characters throughout this movie, and it's one thing I really do like about it. it it's a very well done movie, and I know I've rep- repeat myself, gone back and forth. I'm just looking at what I've written down from the IMDb stuff and, like, re-watching it uh, to refresh myself. But, um, yeah, so basically her brother gets captured by the Germans and they try to get information out of him. And, of course, they crack him because these are wussy. That's gives the whole joke, I guess. And um, Emily Blunt uh, goes with The Rock to... Uh, go find the uh they get back on the boat and they go find the 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 waterfalls where the temple is well not the temple but like the cave where the tree is so basically they um they drain it when this really cool underwater scene i'm pretty sure they shot this in those tanks in burbank that they built um it's a very cool scene because, like, they go into this little chamber and they have to, like, pull this thing. And the rock can't fit because he's too, um, he's too wide. And Emily Blunt's character is afraid of water. And they basically play this off as, like, a haha ha she's afraid of water, like, thing. But the rock, like, forces her down there because they have to. And there's... There's like When I say Emily Blunt does her own stunts, she did this. She was really underwater for quite a long time. Of course, they did different takes all mashed together, but it looks like one consistent stunt. And it looks really good, and this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, honestly. And, of course, this is where another attraction reference comes in with the piranhas, and they attack the rock. And she's like... This leads to a joke, which we'll get to in a minute. But she eventually gets it to drain, and she gets stuck in there. For And it looks like she's going to drown, because the rock's not there to help her. We know the rock's getting attacked by these piranhas. And um, while the rock is getting attacked by these piranhas, he basically um, swims away, and we don't see him until he comes and actually rescues her. And then she gets mad at him saying that you la- she left him and uh, he left her. Sorry. And he says that he was getting attacked by fish and stuff, but they get interrupted by the seeing the um the submarine, which had been following them the entire time, I guess. And um they realize that they've captured her brother and they have told them where exactly where they are. So, of course, um, they threaten them, and they go into the cave, and um, they discover the tree. So this leads to another scene, and Emily Blunt has to decide between shooting the rock and getting one petal for herself, or giving the petal to the rock and letting her die. Because, of course, the German won't give away two petals because he wants it all to himself, in classic Indiana Jones fashion. And this is one of the scenes that I also had a problem with. That it was very too close to Indiana Jones. I love Indiana Jones so much. But this movie just feels like it's trying to basically be a carbon copy of Indiana Jones. And it doesn't really work. But it does work at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, So, of course, they discover the big giant tree. And they uh, figure out how to use the uh, the, the little, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, sorry, I forgot the name, the arrowhead, to basically unlock the power of the tree, but the tree is only active when the moon is full, so they only have, like, five minutes to, to do it, and they basically, um, only have one petal left, because, Emily Blunt stalls by shooting the rock, which, of course, we know he can't die, which is a pretty genius plan, in my opinion, because Germans don't know that. And um, he basically falls into the water to basically take out the Germans behind their backs. And this is one of another fun scenes, because we get another really nice fight scene between these characters. And Emily Blunt's, like, running along the branches like Tarzan. And they're both running for the um, last pedal. And Emily Blunt gets it. And then the German guy comes. And the way they were setting up the scene, I just want to mention this. I thought it was going to be like a Tarzan thing where he falls and, like, strangles himself. But they don't – the branch does break and they both do fall. But Emily Blunt catches herself and the German guy is just, like, hanging there. And, like, this is, like – the German guy's hanging there, so the conquistadors catch up with them. And they're not happy with him, because he tried to take the pedal for himself when they said he would give them some. And of course, he gets attacked by snakes. But this doesn't kill him. This doesn't kill him. Not yet, at least. Um, so the Germans... Uh, the conquistadors chase down Frank, which I just remembered um, the Rock's character's name. Frank. And uh, he basically dies, quote-unquote, by crashing into the wall, which would cause the river water to pour in, basically trapping them there forever because um reasons. Uh, I don't really remember why. Because they can't go past the river, but they're in the river, so I guess they get turned back into stone. Um, of course, the rock gets turned into stone because he went fell into the river or got wet. Or something like that can get your pet rock wet. Apparently, um, the rock gets soaked. Tegan some Stone. Emily Blunt uses the petal to resurrect him after accidentally killing the German guy. So basically, yeah, that's the very summarized plot of this movie. It is very, very good. I do genuinely enjoy this movie. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about what I previously mentioned. C the way I think Disney can work, see into the movies. So, I don't think Haunted Mansion is going to connect. The Tower of Terror movie just got cancelled because of the thing with Scarlett Johansson. I um, I know I previously mentioned that, but I just literally saw that that happened. So, um, if Disney wants to make another Tower of Terror movie, they can do a Hotel High Tower kind of thing. And connect it to this movie, and they can do another 20,000 leads, and connect it to this movie, and so on and so forth. And if all these movies do well and I heard Jungle Cruise is doing well, so Disney was definitely probably consider making more attraction movies. Um, we can get things like maybe an Adventurers Club show on Disney Plus. We could get like a continuation of all these stories with all these characters that Disney has previously established and introduce them into the mainstream audience. If we get a, a uh, Adventurers Club show, I feel like We'll be able to introduce stuff like Journey to the Center of the Earth back in. We'll get a reboot of that, minus Brandon Fraser. Or we'll, like, maybe get something more uh, close to the attraction, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Because if Disney really wants to do attraction movies, they got to make them more like their attractions, like Jungle Cruise does. So They could have made just a Jungle Cruise movie and just had the only thing in common, the name. Um... They could also do like a Tiki Room movie or a Big Thunder Mountain movie and connect that to sea or something if they really want to. They can really make all these movies and shows connect in a Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of situation. Um, they really could uh, basically build out this universe from their parks, which are so beloved, and have these characters to help refresh these attractions without replacing them with IP. Because I know a lot of people don't like attractions being replaced with IP. So technically, if Disney truly deep down wanted to, they could make a figment movie as well, um, continuing on with these Disney Parks movies ideas. Because we did get Pirates. We have gone Haunted Mansion. And I kind of want something with Big Thunder Mountain. I want something with Space Mountain. They could do like a horror, like family light horror kind of space movie and really like even mentioning the society of explorers and adventures, like, Oh, the Society of explorers and Adventurers helped paid for this rocket launch. That would even help tie those together very easily. And they wouldn't have to make it convoluted and make you no know, sense. They could just name drop this one organization and boom, it's connected. And like, I feel like the hotel high tower is the best way to do a tower of terror movie, not the Hollywood thing. Because they would just put a bunch of references in it that would make absolutely no sense. And plus, Scarlett Johansson, like I said, like dropped out. Disney doesn't want to work with her anymore because she sued them. Uh, apparently, Disney doesn't like getting sued. Of course they don't. Even though they have plenty of money to just whisk her away and call it a day. You know? <laughs> but anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I had a ton of fun making this one. I really do love this movie, and I really hope to see more attraction movies in the future. As always, thank you um, so much for supporting this podcast, and um, just keep an eye out for the next episode. I don't really know when it's going to release, hopefully uh, on the normal scheduled release date.